Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chakras and Cuss Words podcast. My name is Catherine. I am the podcast host, and today we are talking about the planet Venus. Woo! And we will get into the astrology behind this beautiful planet, um, what it looks like, the energy it upholds, the energy it kind of brings down to the cosmos and how we see Venus in our chart. Um, also, we how we see Venus in our relationships, some of the mythology that goes with Venus. And I'm- When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Excited to be back on this astrology series. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in to the astrology series. I know I haven't been recording it pretty consistently, but I will. It's just been, um, I have so much content that I wanted to push out and also talk about um, while doing the series as well. So let's get into the planet Venus. So the planet Venus, when we think about the planet Venus, like in a whole, the planet Venus really represents that energy of the beauty, the mythology, the ideology of what is graceful, charming, gorgeous, um, that area of sensual energy. Also, that energy seems to kind of bring us that seductiveness of what it is that's beautiful and gorgeous to us. If that's like a fragrance, if that is a person, if that's a relationship. So it comes in areas of objects, ideas, and also experiences and events. We might tend to find that Venus energy surrounding us. Um, The planet is representation of the number six. And when we look at the day that Venus resembles, each planet owns its own day of the week for the most part. It is Friday. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Because on a Friday, everybody's like excited to be off work. Um, That's a day where we're really like having fun. It's our last day of work before the weekend. Um, and it resembles a color green. So I think many people would think of Venus almost like a pink or a lavender, but actually the color that is a representation of the planet Venus is actually a green color. Um, Also, when we think about the areas of what Venus tends to rule over when it comes to the physical body and the body of the individual, it's actually the areas of the throat and the kidneys. And when we look at the area of metal, um, it is copper. And um, to me, I could see how Venus would be copper. Remember when everybody had all that like copper uh, kitchenette and everybody was like really into that rose gold jewelry. And it had that area of just like beauty. Um, the aesthetic was so like girly and just almost like this beautiful aspect that made everything just feel so beautiful. And I will say that I was a victim of the copper as well. I had a lot of the, um, well, not full copper because copper is very expensive, but you know, I had my little, um, painted plated copper utensil holders and salt pepper shakers. So I totally get that Venus rose gold copper energy. Um, also what's interesting about the stone, when we look at stones or crystals, it's the emerald that resembles Venus. And for herbs and incense, incense, it's um, the combination of two. So there's that area of the strawberry, the raspberry, and also when we look at the flower that resembles it, it's the rose. 
and um, not necessarily a particular rose, but just the rose. And what's interesting about the rose is a lot of people believe that Venus has this path of beauty, this energy of a almost like a geocentric pattern almost like a diaphragm. So Venus has a geocentric path and that path is very much resembles the same path of a rose. So if you were to look at a rose, it would resemble the path of Venus. And um, it's interesting because it shows this path exactly over like eight years, during which time it makes five loops caused by apparent retrogrades in motion. So when Venus makes its path in the cosmos, it's like making a rose in the sky. I mean, if that isn't fucking divine, I don't know what is, right? So it has that resemblance of everything that's beautiful and has that area of consciousness of the physical and also of the unconscious that makes us take in the area of beauty when it comes to Venus. Also, one of the things that I want to talk about, um, Venus is Venus does have like a shadowy side behind it. You know, everything is beautiful. Oh, everything is gorgeous. It's never really like that, right? There's always that area of darkness, of um, of area of shadow with all the planets. All the planets have an energy of, of shadow. And Venus, when we have that energy of the shadow, it will show up in places of the relationship. Maybe it will also show up in areas of maybe like low self-esteem or confidence or not really feeling the own beauty or that own self-worth of the individual or maybe of like a certain event or a certain area of aspect. And when we think about the planet of Venus and the symbolization, we have to remember that the myth mythology of Venus, of this goddess, because this is a goddess, this isn't just a planet, this is a, a goddess. So this planet is a goddess and that is basically resembled in many cultures of mythology of areas of folklore, of areas of storytelling, of areas of insight when we think of that goddess energy. And it, of course, goes back to um, where we first saw this goddess, right? Would be in like the Greek mythology, the area of the goddess with the Romans, right? With um, that area of the Greek apothardite born of foam so we remember venus coming out of her beautiful shell she's all naked she's pure she's this beautiful virgin and she's like so gorgeous right and everybody just wants to attend to her they just want to love her they just want to be surrounded by her so the surrounding of the goddess which the planet is identified after is known basically by the greeks right and that energy of the aphrodite the goddess of love and beauty and that sinistry of creating connections with people. And um, what's interesting about it is that she is known as the oldest of the Olympian gods and has emerged from a foaming blood and semen of the castrated god of Uranus. It's pretty weird. <laughs> When you think about some of this mythology, right? So she was created through blood and semen at the point where his severed genitalias were fallen 
into the sea. So homeboy lost his junk by creating this beautiful, mysterious, luxurious goddess. Venus married half a, oh, I cannot say these words, half a Cetos, half a Cetos, <laughs> who was a craftsman of the gods. And um, she had many affairs. Okay. So Venus was not faithful, honey. No, no, no. She was out there doing her thing with many men, not just with her husband, right? And as well as um, she was married, she had these affairs. And one of the affairs she had was with Aries, also known as Mars. Ooh, and when we think about that energy of Venus and Mars, the two planets, the mythology behind it, that high moment of opposite, that high moment of masculine and feminine energy, just driven together by chemistry and passion, where everything doesn't make sense, right? Does not make sense. So even though she was married, and she was, you know, doing her own thing, and was seen as this goddess, she was out there to have an affair. She was out there to um, create this tension. So Venus also has us question our morals and this energy of lust, of I guess you would say lust, right? Not necessarily love, but lust it comes from that Venus energy. So we're questioning our morals. And what's interesting is, as with all of these energies, we see jealousy, we see intimacy, we see um, anger, aggression, love, heartbreak, and grief. And that's kind of how that placement of Venus sometimes works in our chart. Um, our biggest energy of Venus, when we look at it as an individual, and we look at it as our relationship, we have to look at that center of passion. Um, may not as passionate or assertive or as aggressive as Mars, but that passion is in there. That intense nature of attracting other people towards us, of us being attracted to other people, and also experiences, like I said, material items and events. And it's also an area of its position. It shows when we fall in love, it tends to have this energy behind it of that placement of what is the thing that also keeps the relationship, but it also keeps the relationship in a place of love, lust, um, feeling, but then also it has that and that dark energy behind it as well, where we get into the self-confidence, we get into the area of um, maybe disagreements, a passion, um, affairs. Sometimes we see that Venus energy will show up in affairs, right? Affairs, um, you know, maybe somebody in the relationship has a strong transit or a strong conjunction is happening and there's an affair and it might be in, um, we see it with maybe like a pairing of who knows, maybe Uranus and Venus, right? That rebellious nature in the house of partnerships, or maybe in the fifth house of the family. So we have to look at that as um, a open-minded individual of what could that mean? So let's talk about one of the other um, mythologies behind Venus and the area of the goddess. So Venus was actually viewed by and resembled in the mythology of the Aztecs as where as as also 
as um, Tahush Pachuli. I don't know if I said that right. The god of the plant planet Venus as the morning star. And that's interesting because we do tend to see Venus more in the morning. Um, so she was known as a goddess-like maleficness of a deity um, who had a area of destruction. And a lot of her destruction was like self-inflicted destruction. Um, and it seemed also like she had a lot of energy towards creating havoc and a little bit of torture and intrigued and also pain. So the pain that comes with love, right, as well. Um, and that cycle of heartbreak. So when we look at the energy of mythology and the placement of the lovely Venus, we have to remember that when it's affecting relationships or personal endowers, it could come with the placement of grief, um, heartbreak, maybe a little bit of self-reflection that feels like a shadow space, and also that area of lust, love, and indulgence. But what's interesting about the actual planet is it is the second closest planet to the sun. So it is known as a high energy planet, a very dominant planet. It has these bright natural um, like colors that you kind of see. And it has this energy where um, it feels very like um, um, almost like close to us, right? Because it is a dominant planet and it has that relationship of closeness. Venus also reaches his area of um, sight or brightness shortly before the sunrise and also right after the sunset. So a lot of people believe that beautiful, like almost like strawberry orangey color of the sunrise and the sunset is due to Venus. Um, and that's where Venus gets its energy of the morning star, of the evening star. She is also known to be like the Earth's sister planet when we look at it. The energy of um, that placement of like the feminine, because there's not many feminine planets. We have the moon, we have the sun, which is a star, and then we have Venus, and that's about it. The rest is all considered very masculine or male-like planets. Um, Venus also has this um, area of a dense atmosphere that almost creates like this greenhouse if you were to happen to travel to Venus. <laughs> Who knows, right? Um, and it has this like raising temperatures where it's like hot enough to melt just about anything like cars, buildings. So we couldn't ever live on Venus, like how possibly we could maybe live on Mars, but Venus's temperatures just way too hot way too hard for habitation where you would think it would be Mars, but it's actually Venus. So it's also believed that Venus had, um, at one point had water on the planet, but not anymore. It's believed that that water actually evaporated and, um, I guess in some ways like boiled boiled into evaporation because of the heat of Venus um, and was actually replaced with like hot lava. So Venus is definitely a hot mama <laughs> in all right, right? So when we look at the, the energy of Venus in astrology, we know that she resembles that area of the goddess of um, everything, love, beauty, relationships, that energy that feels very luxurious. Venus is also um, a representation of the opposite of Mars. 
and she rules the signs of Libra and Taurus. Venus also has an exhalation in Pisces, and she is associated with that beautiful energy of the aesthetics, of the gorgeousness. And when we think about Pisces, Pisces to me also feels like that's where, you know, Venus kind of likes to be. It makes sense. It's the, the, the spiritual energy of the, the gods, almost like the spiritual energy of the Pisces, of that Jesus sign, as I would say. It has that energy of the sea it's a water sign so it kind of makes sense where venus actually rules to um different signs she is the ruler of libra which is an air sign and also taurus which is a earth sign so for her to feel quite at home with pisces makes a lot of sense um also, when we think about that sensual pleasure and expression that Venus brings, we have to show the w- the way it is positioned in the chart, the area that feels comfortable, right? Maybe a high energy moment might feel very comfortable to some people um, who have like, let's say, their Venus in um, Gemini, And that energy feels very social. It feels very um, centered in socialization, communication, that area of um, transformation. And then also maybe with somebody who is centered around, let's say, Venus in Cancer, it might feel a little bit too emotional for some. Maybe their relationship feels almost too feminine, feels like it needs a little bit more masculine energy, or maybe it feels just perfect. It feels like this beautiful alignment where the emotions are able to be expressed. The qualities and expression that we have for each other is an affection that is transformed in our Venus energy. Um, and whenever we look at where Venus rolls out in the chart, how that area portrays, it means different things for different people, right? And um, not one chart is going to be the same. But for the most part, there are some key points that resembles Venus. So the ruler of like I said, that she rules these two signs, we have Taurus and Libra, where they're kind of similar in some aspects, but they are also different. So Taurus, I always think of like financial wealth, that area of finances, also that area of materials, that hardworking sign. Taurus is known for being very, um, I guess you could say, centered in certain aspects, perspectives. Um, maybe taking that notion and just going with it, right? And then we look at Libra, where Libra tends to have more of a balance, maybe more of an energy that feels quite um, where they could take the harmony of two different individuals. And also when I look at Libra, I always think of more of the relationship. And Venus does have that duality because it is a planet that rules, um, you know, two signs and it also has that energy where on one side it could be very much centered off that Taurus like energy and then on one energy it could be very much balanced on the Libra energy right that area of relationships partnerships love um, beauty. You know, a lot of people say that if you have Venus um, alignments or maybe Venus in their home placement, that you're probably going to be extremely beautiful, right? Like a, a Libra, um, like a Libra placements that have like, let's say, you know, you're a Libra sun and then you're a Libra um, stellium and your Venus is in Libra. You're probably going to be extremely gorgeous, right? Um when Venus is in these signs, it tends to have this influence that feels very strong and it feels like a harmony. It feels aligned and it feels just right. You know, like let's say you have your Venus in Taurus and it happens to be in that energy around maybe, who knows, your second house or your house of partnerships or maybe 
your area of the home life. Um, so everything would be very almost like a beautiful harmony of the way, or let's say your Venus is in Taurus and it's in your sixth house. I'm going to say your daily rituals would probably be centered around um, making decisions, maybe towards wealth, maybe towards material objects, and also maybe towards like beauty and self-care as well. When we look at Venus in the relationships in astrology, it is often referred as the planet of love for a reason. It's that placement, right? Sometimes we look at Venus and see what is Venus, right? Where is Venus? It's kind of like um, that that sign where we're looking for love. Where would we look for love at, right? Where would we look for that relationship at? Would we look for it in, let's say, um, maybe the area of the 12th house, Ooh, is Venus in the 12th house? How is that going to betray in somebody's love life? Do they, maybe they meet this person on a spiritual retreat. Maybe they meet this person more at church. Maybe this person's like a resemblation of the Pisces. Ooh, Venus feels so close with the Pisces. Maybe, maybe it's in that energy, right? Um, also we look at love, like where are we looking for Venus, right? How does Venus love? That's another way to almost like refer it is how does this Venus love? Does this Venus love through communication or is this Venus maybe a little bit more centered off of, um, of not just only personal communication, but maybe this Venus is more centered off, like let's say a collective communication. Does this person have a Venus in Aquarius? Ooh, yikes. (laughs) Maybe this Venus loves to share to the collective. Maybe this Venus feels at love when they are giving back to the community. Maybe this Venus loves socializing. Maybe this Venus is like surrounded with technology. Did these people meet on match? (laughs) So we have to look at it like that, right? With a very much of an open mind and insight. Also, um, it is that energy that provides that romantic nature. How does the relationship have its preference? How does it have its express of affection. It can also indicate the qualities and the values you may have for your own partner. Um, For instance, let's say your Venus is in um, the fifth house, right? And let's say it's in the fifth house and let's say um, it's centered around maybe mm, Capricorn. So let's just say you have your Venus in Capricorn and it happens to be in the fifth house. So maybe your partner is somebody who works a lot. And maybe one of the things that has you questioning the relationship is they're always at work. They love to work, right? Maybe you love to work as well, but now that you're a mom, you want to spend more time at home. You want your partner to spend more time at home as well. So it kind of shows the qualities and the values that you may have in your partner, but maybe that's also something that you need. Maybe you need to have a partner who works a lot so you can stay at home with the children. So it has this aspect. How is this Venus energy playing in the chart? The energy of beauty when we think about Venus is just natural, It's the goddess of love. It's the goddess of beauty and appreciation of art. So sometimes we will see people who like, let's say they have Venus in their, their chart. Where does this Venus lie? It'll give you clues, right? Of what does this Venus look like to this person? How do they resemble that aesthetic? Is that aesthetic very, um, luxurious, Um, is it very almost like passionate? Maybe they have a high energy for fashion. Like I think of like a, a Venus in Leo placement, honey, that's like, to me, that just reminds me of somebody who's like getting up and is just fucking confident, 
luxurious and beautiful all fucking day. (laughs) That's what it reminds me of. And also we have to look at the social interaction of where does Venus play? Because we have to remember that Venus also resembles that balance of socialization situations and also that energy of lust. So is this individual who has high energies of like Venus in their chart able to create these pleasant, romantic, and beautiful relationships? Um, maybe it has an influence on how you approach certain relationships. Maybe it also has an, an influence on what relationships are important to you, right? For some women, let's say their self-care looks very different than yours, right? Your self-care might be, um, maybe a little bit more different than others, right? You know, I would say traditionally when we think of Venus and self-care, we probably think of like a spa, a facial, getting our nails done, feeling pampered, blah, blah, blah. But maybe your Venus is in um, something a little bit more different, maybe a, a masculine sign. Let's say your Venus is in Gemini. Maybe your self-care is writing, right? Writing out um, maybe your blog, right? Maybe writing out your um, podcast. Maybe you have a podcast or maybe writing a book. Your self-care looks a little bit different. Um, And we have to resemble that. We have to acknowledge that. That that beautiful Venus energy looks different to everybody. So also we have to look at that area of values and finances when it comes to Venus. Because let's not play. Let's not play when it comes to Venus. Because we have to remember that money exchange, that area of wealth, that area of insight and value is definitely there with Venus. Okay. So somebody who like, let's say is having some hard times financially, it's just not a fucking good year at all. Then we would look at what is going on, right? What is going on with that areas of values and finances and partnerships is like, let's say they're going through a divorce. Oh no. Maybe there's a Saturn conjunction. Maybe there's a Saturn opposition. Maybe there's some area that's getting tied into with limitation restrictions. Maybe also Pluto is around. Pluto's changing some things, right? Is it a Venus opposing a Saturn in the seventh house? What is going on with those contracts? Ooh, yikes. Or what is going on in like, let's say the 11th house? Is Venus maybe in the 11th house and now this person just got let go of their job and they have a strong um, opposition with like, let's say their sun sign and maybe Saturn's aligned in there somewhere or Pluto's aligned in there somewhere where it's causing a transformation or Mars. Ooh. So we have to look at that area of what's going on with values or the finances, or let's say like Venus is aligned right now. And let's say Venus is aligned with Taurus and Taurus is conjunct with Ju- Jupiter. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> they're able to create some areas of material gains. Maybe they're able to have that connection of values and financial values. It also relates to the area of wealth, money, and also revenue. So what do you consider valuable, right? What's your approach to these financial matters? How do you see this energy in the chart? How do you see this energy in the upcoming transits that might affect you or might affect um, a person that you have a relationship with, right? So we have to understand that also when we look at it towards that energy of, and when I always think of values, finances, and wealth, I'm always almost thinking about the Taurus 
Yes, the Libra plays a role, right? That energy of the Libra and the balance and the justification of social justice, but also I think of Taurus as well. So what's interesting also is the expression of affection that comes with Venus. Um, ooh, how does this person express their love? How does this person express their lust? How does this person express their insight of positive qualities that's associated with that Venus relationship? Is this person manifesting areas that maybe feels very confident, but also feels very ego driven? Is it an overindulgence? I mean, I would think having too much Venus energy might be a little bit too much at time and could often maybe leave somebody um, in a center where they're very spontaneous with their spending or very spontaneous with their areas of vanity, um, that energy of prioritizing what makes them feel so aligned in particularly in energies of um, self and manifestation of, of coming, right? Coming to a notion of either feeling beautiful, being beautiful, looking beautiful all the time, um, feeling like acknowledged. So I could see that overindulgence. I can also see that dark feminine shadow of Venus kind of growing its light when we have that energy of not only the positive qualities of Venus, but the negative qualities as well. You know, we think like, is this person um, filling their face with fillers? Maybe they become unrecognizable, right? Like, who are they anymore? That self-love, where did it go? Um, they're always on this challenge of finding new, being new, Um getting appreciation, getting all the things, all the things, having all the things. Or when you start to use money in the relationship um, and money's actually the feeder of the relationship, not necessarily the companionship, being with that individual, but the money, how much you're investing in the relationship, right? It kind of has that sugar daddy effect, that sugar mama effect. You know, it could go both ways. You seeing all the beautiful things, all the luxurious things, being to all the expensive places, but you're just not aligned. And when we think about sugar daddies and sugar mamas and those relationships where it's basically valued by the wealth and the money of the relationship, I often think about this one statement or quote that I heard and it says, like, if you are in a relationship for money or you are in a marriage for money, you are going to earn every penny of it. Because in all honesty, a relationship should come very, at some way, free flowing, right? It's a companionship where it has that area of love. It has that area of companionship. It has that area of feeling good, feeling intrigued by each other, feeling centered around lust by each other. But could you imagine when you are in a relationship and it's solely for money? I mean, you really have to earn it, right? It's it's almost like a job, you know, and some of us hate our fucking jobs, right? So could you imagine being in a relationship with somebody who you aren't necessarily lustful over, you maybe aren't attracted to, maybe you don't have that energetic compassion for them, or you don't have that energy of love. You don't see that beauty of the relationship and not all relationships feel beautiful all the time. They're not all centered with passion all the time, right? But you're in that energy where it's for a personal gain, you are earning every penny of that. It's going to get harder and harder with time. And we look at that as the shadow of Venus. 
So that beautiful energy of Venus, of that luxurious, divine, feminine nature also comes with a dark side. And it always comes with that energy of the dark feminine. Some people refer to it as Venus. Some people refer it as Lilith. Um, we mostly see it as um, dark Lilith um, or also as black moon Lilith in astrology, right? But I want to talk about that energy of shadow, that energy of maybe that might transpire through a Venus alignment. So when we look at Venus, there's certain areas of beauty and representation of the feminine. But we also have to remember that there's also representations of the dark feminine. So for instance, like let's say maybe the energy of Venus in um, Scorpio, maybe it's in the eighth house, or maybe you have a Venus in Scorpio in the fifth house. We might see that area of representation or the archetype that is associated with um, the Scorpio of the Pluto, right? So we have that dark goddess, that dark mother transit that often feels like the cycle of life is guided through the underworld and psychology is in this quite nature of becoming like a spiritual presence, right? Maybe there's more challenges and crises in the relationship, depending on where Venus might be portrayed in the chart or energies of how that individual sees the feminine. So like, let's say you have a relationship with a mother and it was very like toxic or it was very like um, shadowy or maybe the mom made you often self-guess your own self-esteem or maybe they put you down or whatever. We might see that in the chart where that feminine nature, you know, kind of comes to play of that energy of the dark feminine, the dark shadow, that mystical and almost like rather hidden evil energy of Venus sometimes kind of has a negative effect as well. We have to remember that not only masculine energy can be toxic, there's also feminine energy that can be very toxic, right? And can have this transformative aspect that feels like a disembowelment of what the feminine principles are. The feminine principles are usually to be kind, to be nourishing, to be motherly, to be um, in that center of love and nature. And that's really what Venus represents, right? Everything beautiful, but it also has that dark side to it as well. And another thing that I want to talk about is when we look at Venus also, that energy of the intuition, the energy of insight, we see it. So somebody who, let's say, has their Venus in Cancer, maybe their moon is in Cancer, their Venus is in Cancer, and they are almost like a witch. I would say they were probably very close to being that witchy, mystical, high intuitive, um, natural healer. That would be something that I would see in the chart that would make me, not only are they aligned with the feminine, with the moon, the area of mystery of the moon mystery of the moon magic, but they also have that beautiful intuition that embodies Venus as well, right? When we think of somebody like the cancer or maybe even like the Pisces, that high intellectual moment of intuition of higher consciousness would be something that I would look at. Um, I would also look at if I was looking at somebody's Venus and looking at where it could feel a little bit alluring and dangerous would be the eighth house, that energy of the eighth house of sexual intimacy of relationships. Is this somebody who let's say has their Venus in their eighth house and they are very seductive. 
Maybe they're very good at manipulation. Maybe it's a area that is in the eighth house. Maybe it's aligned with Virgo, right? They're able to manipulate. They're able to analyze. They're able to almost like hold people captive with their own area of um, representation, right? There's that dual nature of attraction. And then there's that dual nature of what can be harmful, right? What could be harmful in the relationship? Maybe it's the feminine, the feminine, the feminine energy that's actually the most toxic in the relationship versus the masculine. Maybe this feminine energy of always wanting to be lusted over, maybe always wanting to feel like beautiful, that very dark, seductive nature, right? And you start to get into like, um, you know, is this person getting their representation? Is this person feeling aligned because they are getting that constant re evaluation, that re um, certification, almost that re um, attraction from other people? Also, the thing that I would say it's almost like a dark muse, right? Like that beautiful insight. Like when I think of people who show a lot of maybe Venus energy that feels a little bit, um, where it's like you're attracted to them, but you shouldn't be, um, type energy. Sometimes you see it with like stars, with celebrities, right? Um, like for instance, maybe like Madonna, she had that, you know, like a prayer video to me, that was almost like the dark muse, right? Everybody's intellectual endowers and psyches were kind of like crossing the line of like religion, but then it also felt very sexual, creative and inspirational and it was like this feminine, beautiful masterpiece that showed the shadow of religion, that showed the shadow of um, hidden, uh, showed the shadow of the feminine, but also came with a lot of judgment. It came with a lot of unconscious bias and representation that many of us um, didn't really want to acknowledge maybe, you know, back then, um, it was a interracial relationship on the big screen on the video, right? Like a prayer. And I believe like the priest was African-American and then you have like Madonna and she's like crying in the church and she's like, Oh my God, take me now. You know, it was like this very symbolic representation of almost like mythology, religion, art, and sensual desires, right? And when I think of like a dark feminine energy, a dark, like mystical, deviant, but yet so beautiful representation of the shadow feminine, it kind of reminds me of that Venus nature and it kind of reminds me of that video. Also, um, I think Madonna is a good representation of like the dark feminine because she did push a lot of boundaries when you come to femininity and that area of sexuality, especially like she had her tape. Um, Her movie was like sex or erotica, right? She had the book. She had all these relationships. Um, You know, she was having relationships with like Tupac, Dennis Rodman, like she was basically screwing anybody and everybody. And she probably still is, right? But you also see that she had this unconscious representation where she was seeking for some kind of fulfillment. Yes, maybe she was just very, um, um, you know, sensual. Maybe she was just very promiscuous at the time. But you also see that there's an energy of value that isn't there. Because when you create so many um, energy alignments with other people, 
And we have to remember those are soul contracts in some ways, right? We can't just, you know, for some people, maybe that sensual desire where you're able to displace sex from love might come very free for you, but for others, it might not. So the femininity of the dark where she's able to create that seduction, where it's like a one-time deal. It's like a, you know, just this little relationship, no strings attached, might be quite easy for that dark feminine archetype or somebody like Madonna. But for other people, it might not be like that. The relationship or creating that alignment with um, soul contracts or creating that energy of a solar exchange and energy exchange, because we have to remember that sex is an energy exchange. And for some people, it might be very easy to, you know, and then we also have to look at the influence, drugs, alcohol, um, passion, lust, anger, grief, you know, there's a lot of things that, people might be able to do out of revenge, right? So where did that seduction come from? Did that come from a revenge? Did that come from a getting even? Did that come from showing the, um, showing the music business who the fuck was boss? Maybe that was Madonna's, you know, narrative. Who knows, right? But it does have that energy of the psychological, of the archetypes of the dark feminine we will see with the Venus as well. So, um, I think when people are looking and learning about Venus and using it in the chart or using it towards relationships or trying to understand that energy of the beauty that Venus holds, the interpretations of Venus really resembles that area of relationships, that area of beauty association, and also the personality of the individual, the love life of the individual, and the overall approach to the relationship. It comes with a harmony and it also comes with that area of beauty, expression of affection and how is the affection received. For some people, it might be very hard to receive affection. It might also be very hard to give affection. So what's going on with that Venus? Also, we have to look at it around values, finances, and material items as well, because we have to remember that energy of the duality of the two signs right? What relates to wealth, money, and what's valuable to you, you know, is, is money, wealth, all that the top priority, or is maybe, um, something else, the top priority, a different type of relationship, right? So I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast on everything about Venus and um, for listening to Chakras and Cuss Words podcast, please comment, like, and subscribe. Please give this podcast a rating. It helps me move on up that podcast ladder. Everybody have an amazing day. Bye.